Hello, this is Dr. Tia Barnes, and welcome to the Scholarly Self-Care Podcast, where we will talk all about the SEL, or social-emotional learning, in self-care. This podcast is for educators, parents, and caregivers of children and youth. Each week, we will talk about your well-being to put you in a better space to support the well-being of the children in your life. Ready to get started? Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's podcast. So today, I want to take some time and talk about your self-care in the midst of COVID-19. There is no way that I can possibly have a podcast that's devoted to your social and emotional well-being and your self-care and not touch on this topic. It is having such a big effect on us, on our day-to-day lives, on the things that we are able to do, and most importantly, is having such a big effect on stress levels for everyone. And so it is this effect on our stress level that is most concerning, specifically surrounding our social and emotional well-being. And of course, we've heard of the physical effects if you were to contract this illness. So as I was saying, living in this day and age with coronavirus still rampant in our nation, one of the biggest things or things that stuck out to me from the very beginning, so back in March when things started shutting down, as a social and emotional learning researcher, the one of the top things on my mind besides, you know, how do I keep myself, my family, my students, those around me safe, was how are we going to support everyone's social and emotional well-being during this time? Because as things started to shut down, it was very scary. And as we started to get more of a glimpse that this was not something short-term, this wouldn't just be something that would go away in a month or two, and getting used to the idea that this was actually our new normal, that was, I think, a big stressor. But on top of that, after getting over the initial scariness of things like not having you know, enough supplies in stores and not being sure what was going to happen. Were you going to go to work the next day? Were school going to be open? You know, everything more or less up in the air was also this idea of how stressful it was in terms of changes to our daily routines, changes in our involvement in terms of being able to reach out and connect with others and just the worry and, again, the anxiety and fear around it. And so when we think about this fear and this anxiety and the stress, it's definitely playing a part in our well-being overall. I'm sure you're listening to this going, no kidding. But some of the things that it's affecting are folks are, are worried. So we're worried about getting sick. If you haven't been sick before um, with COVID-19, if you have, you're probably worried about, can you get the virus again? What's going to happen if other people that you, you know, get sick and how is their body going to be affected by this? And I know in some cases, folks are also worried about the long-term health effects 
of having contracted COVID-19. It also feels a lot like things are out of control. So I talked a little bit about that already. So this idea that before we weren't sure of what the rest of the spring or the summer would look like. And now for all those of you out there who are teachers and parents and, you know, are caring for younger ones, the idea that we are not sure of what life is going to be like in even the next month. So as you're listening to this, you're either back to school or your children are back to school or you're gearing up to go back to school. But at the time that I'm recording this, a lot of us are still in limbo. So we are still waiting to hear whether or not schools are going to be starting later or if they are going to be opening, are they going to be virtual or will they be in person? And that in and of itself is going to be very anxiety provoking for a lot of folks, for my educators out there. I'm sure that it brings up a lot of worries around what is this going to look like? How, for for those of you that may be going back in person, how am I going to be able to keep my students safe? How am I going to be able to keep myself and my family safe? And just trying to think through those logistics, I'm sure it's causing a lot of fear. In addition to that, for parents, the same thing. If you have to send your child back to school, worries about sending them back to school and, you know, making sure that they're physically safe and that the rest of your family members are going to be safe with them going back into that environment. And in the case where students don't go back to school and they're instead going to be online, that also brings up a lot of worries. So it's more or less like a double-edged sword because on that end, we have educators worried about how they're going to take all that they do in person and move it to an online format in a way that's still going to engage their students and result in their students being successful in learning the material. And this is not something that a lot of educators are trained for. And so it's more or less like you're you're trying to learn all of this in just, in some cases, a matter of weeks or, or a month or two. And then for parents, it's this idea that if the kids are out of school, what are you going to do in terms of work and supporting them? And I consider myself lucky and privileged in the sense that I get to work from home during this time and teach my courses online. But I also, you know, now will have my children at home likely. And that brings up the concerns around how am I going to do my job every day throughout the week while at the same time, how can I support my children and childcare needs is a big part of this. Another piece of this is that I think is very stressful for folks is financial concerns. So there are some people who have been affected by COVID-19 in terms of either being furloughed or They've lost their jobs, places they've worked have closed down, or there's worry that that is a possibility in the future, in the near future. And so that brings up these financial concerns that we now have to carry with us and, and may feel hopeless about because you're not sure of what's going to happen. And it's not something that rests on you as a person or as an employee to perform in a way that's going to fix this. This is something completely outside of our control. In addition to that, when I was talking earlier about this idea of childcare, 
that also brings up some financial concerns because I'm thinking about it even in my own family and thinking through what am I going to be doing in the fall in terms of childcare for my children and what can I do in terms of safety for them, but then also at the same time, what's going to fit within our budget and fit within what we can do with the funds that we have available. And so that also is a stressor, right? So, so I'm in a position now where I'm trying to consider, do I send my youngest back to daycare or do I keep her home? And then if I keep her home, what will that look like? Will it look like me completely trying to change my work hours, trying to navigate all three of them likely at home? Or will that mean having someone come into the home and and what are going to be the costs associated with that, that we as a family hadn't planned on? And especially now in this time where financially a lot of us are holding our breath and, and trying to figure out, you know, are we going to have a job in the next year? And childcare is a huge expense. So it, it also brings up concerns about whether or not to spend the money that you do have. Do you want to spend even more on childcare versus saving it in case there is a need to look for a new job in the future? So you have some sort of emergency fund saved up. And then also linked to this is this idea of social isolation as a stressor. So I know the things at this point have opened up and there are plenty of people who have gone back to their lives as it was for the most part. I mean, there's definitely things have changed. We have to all acknowledge that. But in terms of their social support, they may be seeing friends more. They may, you know, be back to work. In some cases, folks are back in their office. And though it's not the same, they still now have that day-to-day connection. And so for those folks, of course, it's still stressful because especially if they're forced to go back to work face-to-face, they may have fears again around possibly getting ill themselves or having an illness brought back to their families or their homes. But in those cases, they are seeing people on a day-to-day basis. And so it may have at least a little bit alleviated that social isolation. There are folks, though, who are still, for the most part, hunkering down and are staying put. And so my family is still, for the most part, staying put where we are. And for us, I don't really see many adults (laughs) outside of my husband. And I really haven't in person since March, for the most part. We do have someone that's supporting us right now with childcare. And so I would say that's the only other adult that I really get to spend any amount of regular time with. But in terms of spending time with friends and family, our family's not, we don't have family close by. And so that is difficult in terms of being able to travel and see them. And so we've been spending a lot of time talking to folks online and on the phone and through text. And it's great to still have that connection, but yes, it feels very different. And in some cases, it can lead to a lot of feelings around loneliness and isolation. And and that, of course, is not going to be helpful or supportive of our social well-being in this case. 
And so with all of this, I don't say all of this to think for you to think, wow, this is just, this is a lot. And I don't know how I'm ever supposed to figure this out. None of this is in my control. I'm just going to throw it to the wind. Instead, I would love to give you some tips and some strategies that I've been using myself to help cope during this time. Yes, a lot of things are outside of our control, but there are still some things that we ourselves can control to the best of our ability. And so I wanted to leave you today with five, actually six strategies that I've been using that I think have been so helpful to my social and emotional well-being during this time. The first one is to create a routine. And this for me was a game changer, especially back in March when schools had just closed down suddenly and I had my three children at home and I was trying to figure out how in the world we were going to do this while I still worked. And creating a routine really helped me to gain back at least somewhat of a sense of control over my life during a time where everything just seemed like it just went just haywire. Everything, all of my routines, all of the things I would do on a daily basis pretty much just came to a halt in what felt like it was overnight. So I would say over a weekend. And so... I took some time and I created a routine to help my children and to also help myself in handling the new situation that we had in front of us. So yes, there were a lot of things that I couldn't control, but what I could control is when we wake up, we were going to spend a certain amount of time getting ready for the day. And then we were going to do our morning work, allow the kids to still get their schoolwork done and and allow my preschoolers to have like some morning meeting time and to still get in some sort of pre-academic learning happening. And then beyond that, I knew that I needed to get them out into some sunshine and get our energy out. So we did outdoor activities and then we had lunch typically and then nap time. And right around then is when I would move then into my work for the day. And that was an amazing routine. It helped me a lot in terms of having some sense of normalcy and also having some sense of knowing what was going to happen in that day. There were and still are a lot of unknowns, but at least I knew for tomorrow or for today, this is what we're doing. First, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to work out. Then we're all going to get dressed and ready for the day. We're going to have breakfast. We're going to do our work. And so it, that just really helped me. And I think it really also helped my children during that time in terms of giving them that sense of normalcy as well. So a second strategy that has helped me a lot is continuing with some good nutrition, sleep, and exercise habits. But I also say this with the caveat that um, you are going to need to make tweaks as necessary, so as needed. We're not in the same space and we won't be for a long time. So for example, with good nutrition, one of the things that I wanted to do was make sure that I was still trying to eat as healthy as I had been before, or even better because now I was eating at home a lot more 
than I had been. And so I took that as a time for me to really research and look into some healthy meals or healthy versions of meals that I was eating out during the work week that I can try to make at home and make it a little bit healthier. So that was one thing. With that though, especially at the beginning of all of this, we were in a space where we had a lot of you know, things missing in the grocery stores. I know you all remember that. For the most part right now, things have seemed to be going back to normal as much as possible. But again, keeping in mind that some people have been more affected by this virus than others, especially financially. And so you want to make any tweaks that need to be made. So maybe financially you're not in the space you were in before. And so you'd have, you have to come up with different tweaks to your diet. You can't eat in the same way you were eating before, perhaps because of financial strain. And so now with what you have, how can you still eat in a healthy way or to the best of your ability, eat in a healthy way? The same with being able to get things from the grocery store. Some items are not as readily available as they were in the past. So how could you still tweak that where you're still getting nutritious meals in? With sleep, again, habits may have had to change because of changes in your schedule. Perhaps now you're working more at night because you're taking care of your children in the morning or whatever it may be. And so still though, within that, trying to find a way or routine again, that still allows you to get the amount of sleep that your body actually really needs. And that should be around eight hours. It differs somewhat for, for different people. But if you're interested in learning more about sleep, I would definitely recommend a book called Thrive. And I cannot remember the author's name right now, but I will add it into the show notes. But Thrive is the book. And that I think gives a great overview and and gets into some research around why sleep is so important. And again, maybe your sleep schedule is a bit different. Maybe you're going to bed later, waking up a little bit later, or maybe you're going to bed earlier, whatever it may be, but just get into, make sure that you're getting enough sleep is what I'm, I'm trying to say here. And the last is of these was exercise. And so with exercise, again, maybe you used to go to the gym and now you can't go to the gym as much. Maybe you used to go running at a particular park, but now you don't feel comfortable because it's too crowded. Whatever you choose to do now, however, it's different than what you were doing in the past. The important thing is to just do it. So find and make time to exercise both to support you physically, but then also to get those endorphins going to help with your emotional well-being. The third strategy that I've been using is to reduce my social media use if needed. So I did this especially at the beginning of the pandemic because I was going online. I was checking the coronavirus rates. You know, they were just going from like one to five. So I was just on there all the time checking the rates, checking the symptoms checking what was happening nationally, at at the state level, locally. And again, it was just adding to my stress level. Um, Also, at that very beginning, all people were talking about, for the most part on social media, was COVID-19. And I got to a point where I just needed to cut everything off. So I took that time to get off social media I allowed myself to look at one 
news article a day related to COVID-19 just so I can feel like I was in the know, but it wasn't me checking every five minutes or every hour, different sites. And besides that, I got off all of my other social media apps. And I did that for about two months. And I will say that it definitely helped in decreasing my stress levels. And so if you find that as you're checking social media or going online, that you're feeling, you're noticing that your stress levels are rising, then this may be something you want to try out. I would say give it at least a week, see how you're feeling, and maybe you want to pursue it for a longer period of time. But especially during this time, it's fine to leave social media for a while and do other things. And I filled that time with other self-care activities. So the time that I would have just spent, you know, scrolling along or looking at different accounts, I took it to read some books that I wanted to read. So some fiction books that I was interested in reading. And then I also took that time to journal and just do other self-care activities to help in decreasing my stress. So the fourth strategy is to focus on what you can control. So again, we know how our lives have changed and how things continue to change. And so when you start to feel like you have absolutely no control over what's happening in your life and more or less like you're just being bounced around and you don't, you know, you can't grasp onto anything that you know with surety. Is that the word? Okay. If it's not, forgive me. But with that, you can, instead of staying in that mindset and feeling helpless and perhaps even hopeless, you can focus in on that moment on the things that you can control. And it could be as simple as, well, I can clean my house. That's something I control. I can clean my apartment or I can, I can go and exercise right now because I have this time. Or I can call, yes, I can't see my family right now, but I can give them a phone call or check in and see how things are going. Maybe you're feeling like, well, I have to teach online and I don't feel prepared for that and I didn't want to do that. But what is it within your control with that? Is it, well, I can do some webinars that may be able to support me in my online teaching or maybe I can organize my files, or maybe I can talk to some other teachers and see what they're doing, whatever it may be. It's important in those moments to think about what you can control, even if it's just a little tiny sliver, even if it's just a change in your thought patterns in that moment. And to make those changes in that moment to help you in feeling more like your actions count and like you can make a difference in your own life. The next strategy is to connect with others in safe ways. So this one is mainly to deal with that social isolation and to support your social well-being. So this means, of course, everyone should be safe and and follow guidelines around COVID-19 and social distancing. But if it's possible for you to call your loved ones on the phone, if it's possible for you to see them in person in a safe way, do what you need to and do what you can to still support that social well-being. 
So some of the great ideas that have come up with the different families and, and friends that I've talked to about this, one of the things that I've been doing with my family, again, since they're not necessarily close by, is we've had Zoom dates on occasion. I know everyone's like tired of Zoom, but that was one thing where me and all my cousins, I have cousins who are similar in age to me and my sister's also similar in age. And so we just get on and just talk about what's been happening in our lives, drink wine, laugh, play games. And that I think was a wonderful way for me to still be able to connect with them um, and to still connect with them now. But for those of you who may have family nearby, if you all have been social distancing appropriately and promise that you will continue to social distance appropriately, you may be able to have like gatherings outside or you may still be appropriate, you know, still be following social distance guidelines. There, I know of some friends who have buddy family. So basically a family that promises that they're not going to see anyone else. Um, and these two families have agreed upon that. And so they meet up with one another. Um, and so that's kind of the family that they will go into each other's homes, spend time together, knowing that they're not doing that with anyone else to more or less reduce their risk. A lot of activities now in our area have opened up in terms of outdoor, outdoors. So you can still take your family to sit outside in a socially distanced area. So you all can still have some fun outside of the home and with it still being warm. And at this point that I'm recording this school still being out, just finding activities and ways that you can still interact with others and also ways that you can interact with the family that or the friends or whoever it is that you've been living with um, since COVID-19 happened in a way that gets you outside and doing things. So for example, I brought my daughter's blueberry picking the other day and that was fun. We've been spending every single day together uh, since March, but this was just, it was different. It was an activity outside of our home, outside of what we typically do that, you know, gave us new memories. And that's also important in, in supporting our well-being. And then the last strategy is to do things that you enjoy. So as I said before, lots of stressors happening right now whether it's now that you have a reduction in time, a reduction in finances, or you're just like unsure of, of what's happening and you're may or less, you may be afraid to, to make moves or make decisions or spend money in ways that you are unsure of, you know, if you're going to continue to be in the financial state that you're currently in. But in all this, Try to find things that you enjoy doing and do them as often as you can. So perhaps if you are worried in terms of finances, finding things that are free that you like to do and just making time for those things. So some of the things, one of the main things I've been making time for is reading. So actually reading fiction books has been amazing. and. I have been doing this two ways. I still, so for one, I have a Kindle and 
they are not sponsors for this podcast, but I have a Kindle and I subscribed to the Kindle Unlimited for a couple of months. And so that was wonderful. I was able to access lots and lots of books um, for just a, a small fee for the couple months that I did it. And then the library reopened where we can do curbside pickup. So now I've um, moved to that instead. So I get some books, actual hard copies. And then on some occasions, if it's a book that's available as an ebook, I'll rent, borrow it that way. And that's been amazing. It's been wonderful for me to be able to do that. In addition to that, I now have a love of baking. And so I've been checking out new recipes. My daughters have been having a lot of fun with me because they'll tell me all types of different things that they want me to try to make. And so I'll find a recipe. One of my children has food allergies. And so it's always fun to try to figure out how to make that recipe without what would typically go in into it or with substitutions. And and so that has definitely been something that I've been enjoying. And then for me, listening to podcasts is also something I enjoy. So during this pandemic, I have been revisiting podcasts that I've enjoyed over the years and you know, been spending a lot of time listening to those or also finding a few new ones to add to my current playlist. And, and again, I've really been enjoying those activities. And one of the other things that I have really been enjoying is spending time with my children and my husband. But I bring up the children piece because I'm with them literally all day. My husband goes to work and so he is not here all day. But with them, I have been spending a lot more time with them and just really getting to know them that much more. Because during a typical work week, not during the summer when school's out, when you really stop and think about it, you don't really spend that much time with your kids. We wake up, we get ready for the day, we all go off to our to school and um, to work, and then we come back, we spend a couple of hours, and especially because my kids are younger, they're in bed by 7, 30, 8 o'clock. And so when it's all said and done, I, there weren't that many hours that we were spending together during the week, but now it's like I get those back. And so also taking the good of a, of a really bad situation and enjoying it while it lasts because just as we've seen how quickly this can change, things can change back in a way where we're back in school full time and, and things are not like they are now to where we don't get to spend quite as much time with those loved ones that live with us. And so taking that time as well has been precious and, and I really have thoroughly been enjoying it. And I'm going to encourage you to do the same and also just take some time for yourself, if at all possible. Watch some good Netflix shows or whatever um, streaming or cable that you use. Just enjoy and get some downtime during this pandemic. Even if it's just time you're saving from driving to meetings or walking back and forth to meetings that you can now jump on line and do. It's 
it's very important for us to make sure more than ever now that we are engaging in that self-care and try to find ways that you can do that over this next week. And please let me know how it's going. Please let me know some of the things that you've been doing during the pandemic to support in your social and emotional well-being. I always love hearing about the different things that people are doing and the different ways that they are nurturing and feeding themselves both physically, emotionally, spiritually during this time. And that is going to be it for this week. I look forward to talking to you all again in our next podcast and have a great week and take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Please visit drtiabarnes.com for show notes. And while you're there, feel free to leave a note. I'd love to connect. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends about it. Don't forget to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. Thank you to ColetteMcKenzie.com for providing podcast management services for this show. See you all next week. And as always, take care. Take care.